Let's go. Let's go. To the library. To the library. Vamos a la biblioteca. Let's go to the library. 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 A Niagara Falls Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. This is your host, Greg Jansen. I am a community development and programming librarian with the Niagara Falls Public Library in beautiful Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. This is our very first podcast episode, so we're very excited. We wanted to start a podcast to connect you, the listener, with some of the many interesting people in our community that we've met over the years. In the coming months, we're looking forward to bringing you thought-provoking conversations with all kinds of interesting people so that they can share their experiences, their knowledge, and their wisdom. First of all, if you're wondering whether or not the library is open, we are. We realize it's been a confusing time for our public with the various waves of COVID lockdowns, but NFPL has been open in one form or another for most of the pandemic, believe it or not, and we are now back to something resembling normal service, except for our Stanford Center branch, which is currently undergoing renovations to make it bigger and better than ever. If you're ever uncertain, you can always visit my.nflibrary.ca. That's my.nflibrary.ca for all the latest service updates. And while you're there, check out some of the many wonderful digital services and resources you can access on your device from home with your free Niagara Falls Public Library card. These range from ebooks, e audiobooks, and e magazines to streaming music, movies, and TV shows to professional skill building video courses, arts, crafts, resources, and more. You can even request and receive your library card online to start using some of these great resources. Most people don't realize you don't even have to come to the library to use the library, so I wanted to mention our digital resources before we get started. Now, today on the podcast, our focus is on mental health. According to CAMH, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, one in five Canadians will struggle with mental health or addiction in any given year. The good news is that mental health is now being talked about openly more than ever. Our guest today is Susan Chudzik-Sipos, a registered clinical psychologist and an assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Neurosciences at McMaster University. Susan has worked in the mental health field for 25 years at the Canadian Mental Health Association and St. Joseph's Health Centre in Hamilton, among others. Today, Susan provides psychological services to adolescents and adults at CBT Niagara, a practice in St. Catharines which she founded and owns. Her scope of practice focuses on assessment and treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder, compassion fatigue and burnout with first responders, as well as individuals who struggle with mood and anxiety disorders, including depression, bipolar disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, social anxiety disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder. She also has specialized training in the area of eating disorders and substance use disorders. Today, we'll be talking about cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, what it is and how it can help you. So let's get to the conversation. Hi, Susan. First off, I wanted to thank you for joining us today. Now, I wanted to start by asking you uh, what cognitive behavioral therapy is and how it works. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Greg. Um, CBT is um, called or cognitive behavioral therapy is a form of psychotherapy. So it looks at the connection between one's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations and their behaviors. 
So um, from a CBT perspective, we believe that it's not situation, but it's rather one's perspective that influences how they feel and how they behave. So what they do or what they don't do. So in cognitive behavioral therapy, we are looking at helping people to develop different um, strategies and uh, ways of looking at information that are as more balanced or, or neutral. Right. So how would CBT then differ from other forms of psychotherapy, would you say? Because it's a very active form of, of therapy in the sense that uh, there's expectations um, that the client participates in the session. Um, often we say we know a lot about doing the therapy, but they're the expert on their life. And okay. we combine both pieces of information um, to help them to learn different techniques and strategies to improve the way they think or look at things. Um, but they, they need to participate. They need to complete homework. And um, together we, we can work to coming to a different conclusion. Right. So it's the active piece. So um, what types of conditions then would CBT uh, be effective in treating? Uh, CBT um, is most widely known for its ability to treat uh, depression and anxiety. Um, It has also been used with substance use disorders as well as um, other more complicated disorders like psychosis, um, as well as eating disorders. Um, So it, it actually spans across a pretty broad range of different conditions. Okay, so how effective then is it at treating these conditions or how is it shown to be effective? Yeah, so um, CBT is what we call an empirically validated form of psychotherapy. That means there's been lots and lots of research done looking at its effectiveness. And um, so we know that CBT alone can um, have a profound effect um, on, on, on many people and, and you know, 50 to 75% of people can respond within a short period of time. Um, Often it's combined with medication if that's necessary, uh, but also people can experience improvement um, just by using CBT alone. Wow. So then for somebody suffering from anxiety or depression or any of these other conditions we discussed earlier, uh, how would they know whether or not CBT would be right for them? Is it as effective for uh, everybody across the board, or is it more effective for some people than others? Um, You know, it would would be a reasonable thought to pursue CBT, given that it has been so well-researched and it has been Mm -hmm. proven to be effective. So that would be most likely the place that your uh, family practitioner would direct you. Towards CBT. Uh, But I think another important component of psychotherapy is also having a good therapeutic rapport with uh, the therapist that you're working with. So perhaps you go and see one CBT therapist, and um, for whatever reason, it's not the best fit. You may want to try another um, psychotherapist, another psychologist, or social worker um, so that you find someone that you can have a good therapeutic rapport with, as well as learn the techniques and strategies. So I think there's a couple of ingredients that are needed. Right. So you need to find a a therapist you feel comfortable with, because it sounds like it does get to be a very intimate sharing kind of relationship. 
That's right. Yeah. And so you you talked a little bit in your answer about different professionals one might speak with. Uh, so what kind of professionals can practice CBT? Because it sounds like psychotherapist is kind of a, a broad term. Right. And, and psychotherapy is what we call a regulated act. So what mm-hmm. that means is that you need to be a regulated healthcare professional in order to offer CBT. Um, right. So in the field of mental health, you may be... Um, seeking and seeing a social worker, an occupational therapist in some cases has had special training in CBT, a psychologist, a psychotherapist um, are some examples of regulated healthcare professionals that provide CBT. I see. So it's not just one kind of uh, professional. It sounds like there are a few different kinds you could go to uh, that would be properly regulated uh, and, and able to provide CBT. So in the local context then in Niagara, um, how would a person go about connecting with the CBT therapist, either individually or I know sometimes it happens in group settings? What would be the best way for someone just starting out uh, to find a CBT therapist in Niagara? Yeah, I would say a good point of entry is like to talk to your family physician. Um, mm-hmm. There seems to be, you know, two streams. There's OHIP cover treatment and then there's uh, what we call private therapy. So OHIP covered treatment would be um, offered through the hospital or the Canadian Mental Health Association or possibly public health. Uh, mm-hmm. The private practice, people access their extended health care benefits or pay privately um, to see a CBT therapist. There are a number of... Um, websites. Um, certainly um, many people turn to psychology today um, or even just Google CBT in Niagara and a, a few names will start to come up at the local uh, clinics that are offering services. I see. So uh, would you need a referral in that case or can you just kind of refer yourself and uh, call up a therapist's office and, and ask to be seen? But to the hospital, you may require, you would require referral there. To a private mm-hmm. practice, um, in some cases, people can self-refer. Sometimes their insurance companies require that their doctor has supported or recommended the treatment. Uh, but right. usually you can self-refer for CBT. Okay, interesting. So Sam, somebody watching right now and you've got my attention and I want to learn more about CBT. Are there any resources you could recommend? I mean, you've already mentioned uh, Psychology Today, even Google, but are there any books or other resources uh, where people could learn more about what CBT is or even uh, specific skills, uh, specific CBT skills? Yeah, there is um, there is one book uh, called Mind Over Mood, and that's by Greenberger mm-hmm. and Podesky. And it's, it's uh, a very well-written, simple, laid-out um, workbook that... Right. Uh, people could turn to as a good introduction to CBT. Uh, The other series that I like is by New Harbinger and it's called The 10 Simple Solutions. And they have um, different books on uh, 10 Simple Solutions to Panic Disorder, Social Anxiety, Generalized Anxiety. And they're small sized books that, you know, make it very um, um, easy to read and, and learn the skills strategies without being intimidated by a big thick complicated uh right sorry sorry to interrupt you 
I do want to put in a quick plug for the library. We do have Mind Over Mood in our collection. So if anyone's uh, wanting to check that out, uh, you can you can have a look at our catalog, my.nflibrary.ca. And we'll also have to look into those uh, new Harbinger titles. They're excellent. Okay, so um, are there any misconceptions about CBT that you would like to address? Do you find people kind of misunderstanding what it can or can't do? Yeah, um, sometimes people um believe that therapy is about taking all of their negative thoughts and making them positive and um, we talk about how the goal is not to take someone's if you're if you're wearing glasses and let's say uh, when someone's depressed it's like their glasses have a blue tint to the lens and the goal of therapy is not to replace that and with rose-colored glasses uh, and see everything as being wonderful, but rather to have a clear view and to see things as being more neutral or perhaps coming up with an alternative interpretation that incorporates all different information. A more balanced view, like you were saying earlier. Right. Okay, so before we finish for the day, is there anything else you would like people to know about CBT? Um, I think one of the main questions that we get asked is, um, you know, how many sessions will I need? How long will it take to feel better? And um, that is a rather uh, complicated answer because it's dependent on how many different issues somebody may be struggling with. Typical treatment protocols are about eight, 10 or 12 sessions. And um, in order to, um, to complete the treatment protocol, Sometimes, though, when people are working individually, they can complete treatment more quickly. Sometimes it takes much longer than 12 sessions because of the complexity or the severity of their symptoms. So it's a very individual um, experience and response to treatment. So I think approaching it with an, with an open mind, um, maybe talking it through when you have your initial assessment, your psychologist would be able to give you some feedback about what is a reasonable expectation uh, given what the person is enduring at that time. Right. So it's very tailored to the individual and, and a person would have to talk to a professional to really understand how much or how little therapy they might need. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for joining us today. I hope everyone listening has enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, we've learned a lot about CBT, what it is, how it can help you. And uh, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Take care. You as well. Bye now. Well, that's it for the podcast. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode. If you'd like to learn more about CBT, we've put together a list of some of the CBT books available at the Niagara Falls Public Library, including Mind Over Mood, which Susan mentioned. Visit nfpl.info slash podcast EP1 CBT. That's nfpl.info slash podcastep1cbt. Otherwise, we will talk to you next time.